Father God, we thank you for your love for us. That your love for us is unending and complete. That is beyond all life circumstances. That is never ending and never failing. Lord, we thank you that you sent Jesus Christ the perfect satisfaction for all our sins to heal and restore you to your love and we pray that your holy spirit will be with us now opening our ears changing our hearts shaping our lives amen amen so uh, we are somewhere just over halfway through our series on Isaiah. It's kind of like Isaiah's greatest hits. We're just kind of hitting all those verses that, that we have read at different times of the years. And it, it quite beautifully kind of starts with lots of Christmas verses and ends up with the Easter story, which is good for this time of year. It's like it's planned. Um, and this verse, there's a few. There's a, we have the prophecy of John the Baptist that, that make way in the wilderness passage that was the beginning of the reading and at the end we have the 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 well-known phrase the strength will rise as we wait on the lord the worship band have missed a trick today that we didn't have that one in if we don't sing strength will rise as we wait on the lord every three months we stop officially being a charismatic church and we get kicked out of new wine that's the rules (laughs) something like that dan's telling me to shut up (laughs) but this is not just a passage that's about joy and excitement. It's actually a passage that's spoken into a really tough time for the Israelites. How are you doing? How are you really at the moment? How is life going? Are there some tough things happening? Because for the Israelites, this was a time where things hadn't gone quite right. They got themselves into several battles, they just about scraped through, and at the end of chapter 39, the Lord says, it's going to get worse. Babylon is coming, and you will be carried off to Babylon. And that's why the passage starts off, comfort, comfort my people, because the Israelites are in trouble. And I think today, what the Lord is speaking to us from this passage is for those of us who feel a bit broken, for those of us who've gone through tough times recently. And the Lord is going to give us some some hints in this passage of how to weather those storms. Because although this, this, this passage is specific for the Israelites, it reveals the nature and character of God and the reaction of his people to those tough times, to that threat of being captivated into slavery. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says the Lord. And today I want us to receive words of comfort from this passage. Right, firstly, in verse 3 to 5, we get the voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the deserts a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. 
And all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The first thing that God gives to the Israelites when they're under threat and they're under attack is a promise of his glory. God is glorious. And the correct response to God's glory is worship. Not just the songs that we sing or the bread and wine that we, we share, but any acts or habits, anything that we do that places us in the sensible relationship we should have with God. That God is glorious and we are not. That we worship him by putting ourselves in a place where we recognize that he is better than us. That he is bigger than us. That we focus on the goodness and greatness of God. And that's when we see the mountains that are in front of us become flat. The ways made straight. Because we're not captivated by the, the twists and turns in the road or the, the height of the peak that we've got to get over, but rather by the goodness and greatness of our God who promises to carry us through it. I've noticed in various areas of ministry a bit of the spirit of Chicken Little. You know the story of Chicken Little, don't you? I've got this right, haven't I? I, I, I the, the acorn falls to the ground, he thinks the sky is falling down. I think that spirit is starting to affect our churches sometimes, affect our school, affect our lives and our families. That we see one thing go wrong and we think, oh no, the whole, the whole plan is falling to bits. And the reason that is, is because we haven't dwelt in the gloriousness, that's not even a word, is it? The glory of God. We haven't dwelt and orientated ourselves in worship in the good times, so that when the acorn falls, we don't just go, it's just an acorn, we think it's the whole sky falling down. We think the whole plan of God is falling to bits. But even in the good times, we dwell in worship and orientating ourselves to know that God always has a better plan. God is always good and faithful. God is always glorious in his heaven. Then when twists and turns happen to us, we are focused and transfixed by him. The absence of trouble is not a sign that you're doing good. Actually, often it's the other way around. Often, actually, when we, when we push into the plans and the purposes of God, what we do is we come against some kind of opposition. The effectiveness of us taking the transformative power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit to Hampton and the world will be directly linked to our ability to focus on Jesus when times are tough. And we get to that place by practicing it now. Not waiting till the trouble goes and then goes, Where, where's God? Why can't I sing these songs? Why can't I pray? Why can't I, I dwell in his presence? But those things carry us through the hard times. So the first thing, the first promise in tough times, is that God is glorious and therefore we should worship him. Secondly, verses 6 to 8 conclude with the word of our God will stand forever. Uh, these passages always hit me uh, in, in my heart because uh, they're, they're, uh, they're words used in the funeral service. 
So I've said these words many a time in, in solemn moments. That people are grass, their consistency is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. And when the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. It's the, um, the words that in the funeral service that are said uh, after you've commended your loved one to, to the Lord and you're about to say the committal. The words that remind us that life is temporary. But the word of the Lord endures forever. They're here to remind us that all that we see around us is temporary. The good stuff and the bad stuff. It's just like a flower. It's here now, but it will be gone tomorrow. Numbers, the book of Numbers 23 verse 19 said, God is not a human being that he should lie or a mortal that he should change his mind. Has he promised and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? People, including us, are transient and unreliable. I'm really unreliable, even to myself. (laughs) But the Lord's word endures forever. And the question for the Israelites as they approach this rough time is, are they grounded in the word of the Lord, the promises of God that are eternal, or are they grounded in the situation that's coming their way? Because if they're grounded in the situation that's coming their way, they're going to get rots around and lost. But if they're grounded in the word of the Lord, they'll stay firm. They'll weather the storm. And the same is true for us. Where are you grounded? How do you ground yourself in the word of God, or are we grounded in the problems of today? Because we really easily take the problems of today and make them eternal. We believe the situation that we're in today, how we feel today, will be the way I feel forever and ever and ever and ever. That there'll never be a way out. The amount of times I've mentored young men, and they've said they're struggling with depression or mental health problems. And the most freeing thing you can say is, the way you feel now is not the new normal. It's not the way you're going to feel forever. The way that you're going to feel forever is revealed in Christ Jesus, the Word of God. It's revealed in Scripture. Not in your your feelings today. Next point. God is powerful. See, the Lord comes with might, verse 10 says, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. This image of the arm of the Lord... This is God's action in our midst. That God acts in us, through us, with us. That God gets involved in the situations we find ourselves in. Our agency in that is whether or not we are willing to let God act through us. Whether or not we are 
willing to trust that God will actually act with us and through us. The, the phrase, when we say this in, in good times, we say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled risk. Are you willing to step out and, and take a risk for God? And in the bad times, that can become even more difficult. To trust God with, with any of our emotions, any of our problems, seems like it would be absolutely vulnerable. And yet we have a God who promises that his arm will reach out for us and act on our behalf. That he will comfort us, that he'll restore us. And when in your home groups, one of the questions is about sharing tough times you've gone through. Listen to, to times that people have gone through tough times and then God acted. Something was provided for, something happened Maybe it was a coincidence, maybe it was a miracle, maybe it was that actually they stepped out in faith and God met them. And then try to take that situation to where you are now. And all those things that are blocking you from stepping out in faith. So in the first half of this passage, the Israelites are threatened with with problems. And God encourages them to focus on his glory, to worship him, to dwell in his word, and to trust in his power. Then the second half of the passage we heard has that famous phrase, strength will rise as we wait on the Lord. Even youths will faint and be weary, it says, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with winds like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faith. It's a glorious promise that even though we've walked through hard times, even though we've been battered, even though we've been broken, because we've all had some experience of that, the Lord will lift us up. The Lord will encourage us to run. The Lord will send us out again. On Friday night, I am... Um, caught up with some old friends of mine, some people I'd not seen for some time. Um, um, and we sat around and we had a conversation that should have been the most depressing conversation you've ever been part of. Uh, one of my friends has had uh, testicular cancer, um, so he's gone through all kinds of things now. and He's still on treatment and will be probably for the rest of his life, and he's in his early 30s. Um, he's had half his stomach removed. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nightmare. Um, all three of us have lost... Um, dearly beloved loved ones in the past year. But yet, as we sat round and we chatted, it wasn't a story of depression and melancholy. There was actually a narrative of hope. That actually, although we'd all been through those horrible things, we were still there. And actually, we were stronger than we were at the beginning. Actually, we trusted in our own ability to weather whatever storm God throws at us in order to do more next. Actually, we'd seen our loved ones do amazing things in their lives and now we were really excited to go and do amazing things in their, from their foundation. What should have been a depressing, sad conversation was actually full of hope and joy. Have you ever had conversations like that? 
where you reflect back and go, actually, that was a really bad time, but now we're going to go through stronger and better. Because this is part of the nature of the human race. On a slightly lighter note, I was at the butchers yesterday, and the butcher said, oh, you won't have many people in church tomorrow, there's a big storm coming. And I was like, oh, you never know, numbers aren't that, that affected. And the butcher said, well, actually, we find that when there's a real storm, and when the weather's really bad, our sales go up. Because people kind of like take it as an achievement of, I will make it to the shops. <laughs> I will battle through the storm. <laughs> and we're like that with God, aren't we? There's a, there's a narrative in the world that it's okay not to be okay. It's often used in terms of mental health, and it's right. It's okay to be broken. It's part of the, 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 the central thing of the Christian story, is that we're all a little bit broken. We're all in need of, of fixing. But I think there's a lack of hope in that message. It's okay not to be okay, but when you get out the other side, you'll be more resilient. You'll be stronger. You'll be more hopeful. That strength will rise as you walk through things with God. That you'll run and not be weary. That you'll walk and not be faint. You'll be able to do more than you could possibly imagine because you've walked through difficult times with God. If you're going through a tough time now, know that God is shaping and transforming you. In Romans 5, it promises salvation. It says, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to his grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And then it goes on to speak about the hard times the Romans were going through. And it says, and not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Think back. There have been times you thought that God would let you down and he didn't. And you came out with greater character, greater hope. He who did it before will do it again. We can all do more than we can infinitely imagine through Christ Jesus who is with us. So, may we worship God. That when mountains rise up, our eyes are so fixed on him who can make mountains flat we'll sail over them. May we dwell in God's word, knowing that his promises are eternal, that they're not shifted around by, by the problems of today, but God is always faithful. May we know that God is powerful, that we can give over to him the situation that we find ourselves in today, that he acts through us and with us. And may we know that we will soar like eagles, that we will run and not be tired, because we have a sure and certain hope in Jesus Christ. Amen.